0: right then here we go Uh, I think I'll start by apologising for last week and our pathetic attempts at uh, having a conversation as normal human beings so last week didn't go out because it was dog shit this week we thought we would up our game so we have here Alex from Stoic Conditioning so Stoic are um, probably the premier fitness training app in the UK certainly a that's our opinion. They're in our circle of trust. They're good people. You know, you can trust us. <laughs> We're good guys. We don't <laughs> lie to you. Um, yeah. So we thought we get Alex here today, we'd have a good, good chat to him, and then we'll get to do some questions and stuff later. So, good morning. Oh, I was probably saying, we've got Ben here. Ben wasn't going to turn up, but he's here. So everyone will breathe a sigh of relief.
1: I'll be Everyone's honest with uh, you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be about fitness. And I, and as you've noticed. I'm having dairy milk buttons for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's
0: basically a full house today. So we've got Alex as the guest, Ben's here, Luke's here and Nick's here. So How fucking going? hell, have, have we done well? Okay, So welcome, Alex. How you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, good, man. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, I was just saying to you earlier. It's been a long time coming. So I think that the best way of doing this... It's probably if you give us a bit of background about Stoic, and then we'll just fucking flow from there, dude. We've got a few topics to to hit.
2: For sure, man. Um, Yeah, so uh, my business partner and I, who is still serving, so I will uh, attempt to not refer to him by name throughout Mm. all of this, but maybe drop it anyway. Um, Stoic was set up kind of five years ago now. Uh, Well, actually nearly six years ago, really the the concept of it. where we thought through kind of like the the current training and, you know, a lot of people were coming to my business partner about um, training programs because he was uh, at university studying uh, sports and exercise science and kind of just saw that there was obviously like a lot of discord between the current research, what he was like looking at and, uh, and training and how things were going in kind of like the sports science field and even just like professional sports. And then that latency, that lag between kind of what, is being proven disproven you know uh, and Mm -hmm. seen as like really really good training and then kind of like this lag period between that and then what's implemented uh within the military so it was kind of created uh almost as like a passion piece to really like help the immediate people around him and then uh it just kind of grew from there and he brought me on board as uh like the head coach and like business partner and we've just grown it from there because yeah it's uh, it's definitely a passion piece for both of us training wise mm-hmm. and then uh, being able to help people and, and kind of modify things and you know push out like the platform and then we've got an upcoming app as well which we're pretty stoked about mm-hmm. um, which is hopefully just gonna like really streamline things for people and uh, give them the best information to get their training done
0: Cool, man. So how do you actually know each other?
2: Were you mates anyway? Yeah, we were mates before that. Um, It was a really funny uh, kind of meat story, I guess. Uh, We were just on a course together, and he was sat in front of me on the row in front of me. Um, And I kind of, like... Spider tattoo underneath his uh shirt and just tapped him on the shoulder. and I was like, Are you uh extra Royal marine or a Royal marine? And he was like, Yeah, and I was like, Cool, we're gonna be friends. <laughs> and I was just like, Let's go and have a coffee
3: together. <laughs> and it just like, Yeah, spiraled from there, really. And now he can't cool. take me. Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I have to admit, I'm uh, I've, I'm the one that's pushed to get uh, you guys onto this podcast. I'm, I'm a bit of a fanboy. Um, I've, uh, I've seen your sort of programs online and throughout my throughout my career I've just been absolutely breaking myself and trying this program that program and um, I have actually been doing one of your programs it's a strength program I know yeah. before you say it, Gaz that um, I'm not looking strong or healthier or fit at the moment um, <laughs> um, but it's um, uh, yeah it's it's something that I've really enjoyed and really have managed to get a lot out of so uh, you, you essentially put together a load of different programs for different scenarios uh, ain't that right?
2: that's it yeah absolutely so at current count we've got uh i think we've got eight programs on the current platform and i've uh we've been developing other programs for the uh the new app that we're going to be releasing in the new year um really the first program was kind of like built around uh raw marines and raw marine commandos and kind of the like their physicality and what they're going to be going through not just on like their their um, testing courses and different courses throughout their career but also just their day-to-day you know day-to-day thrashings that they get Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was kind of like built around that and really preparing people from grassroots to go into it because I mean one of the biggest things for for any kind of course basic training anything like that is the pre-training you do before it Um, the body adapts a lot slower than than people think and they don't give it enough time to adapt to certain like heavy stimuluses so that was really kind of the the starting block and then from there yeah we've developed um a couple of different courses a couple of different cycles like our uh, our strength cycle and our conditioning cycle um we always say those are kind of the programs that you want to run year-round if you've uh yeah, if you want to improve on those, or if your opportunities—I always label it—if <laughs> you've mm-hmm. got opportunities in strength, then run the strength cycle.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so
3: the yeah uh, the the strength cycle, the one I'm doing at the moment. Uh, what I really like about <clears> it is <throat> you, it it's based around the milk of your life. So you can go to a crappy battle camp, um, or you can be going down to the local pure gym, or if you're on leave, or you can be going using a. The decent gym on, on your cam um, and essentially put together a decent routine but from that program with minimal equipment but you still you're still getting all the um essentials in so it's not just um the you know the big compound exercise about like the squatting and and sort of deadlifts you have put some of the essentials in there like bicep curls yeah um, which is, is yeah. key um, and then a couple of times a week a couple of times <laughs> a week yeah <laughs> enjoy but you also put the um the metcon so the um, I suppose that the mini sort of um, like CrossFit, although not CrossFit style, like, like mini it, it towards the end of the circuits, which uh, towards the program, um, which I, I really enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, so with the,
2: those two cycles, the strength and the conditioning cycle, we've kind of, we label them as a strength biased or a strength emphasized program but there's still a lot of conditioning work in it and really like as you say it's um it's CrossFit but it's not CrossFit I mean CrossFit didn't reinvent the wheel they just put things together in a really really systematic and um easy to follow way that you know has attracted a lot of uh, attention and following for all the good re- all, all the right reasons in my opinion um but it's it's just kind of that you know cover the basics cover the strength cover unilateral work don't get too you know shoehorned into one aspect of training um don't try and specialize in one aspect of training just you know especially with our our demographic and the guys that we're trying to help out it is that kind of uh, being a, a generalist or a, a special generalist is kind of how we think of it. So you've got to be very, very good at a lot of different things, much like a, a you, know, you could even liken it to a CrossFit Games athlete, just with way more um, endurance on carrying objects over long distances. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's, uh, those Metcon pieces are very much uh, energy system, like time domains. So I always enjoy programming those and putting myself through them quite a lot as well
0: it's mean that the little point you ended on there it's like the the excellent thing about stoic i think is that I've, like i know that the people running it are you and uh, your business partner are complete fucking nerds about this stuff like this is you know what you're talking about but also experience wise all the courses that you have there you I, you know what you're talking about. And that's probably we can probably take that. I'll sort of leave that there, and people can read into it what they want. You know, you're not pulling shit out of your arse yeah. uh, because it's fashionable to do a certain thing, and it will sell. You know, the, you know, uh, the boxes have been ticked by yourselves. So, um, yeah.
2: one of the so, things just on that is. Um, the the removal of the non-essentials or the removal of the the extra bump um Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know my my business partner and I really go through uh like every program quite consistently and just kind of you know we sit there and we're like can we remove uh stuff from the program so -hmm. that it's uh better for someone to run but doesn't lose its impact doesn't lose that adaptation Mm -hmm. and then yeah it's uh Kind of really helps people getting into you know lining up for certain courses and you that totally. expectation of like oh i've just got to absolutely trash myself every single day and like that's where we step in and we're like okay that's one way of doing it and you know has worked and sometimes does work but there are better ways of doing it and you know ways that will set you
3: up for potentially a longer career in the future as well
0: mm-hmm. totally yeah
3: yeah i, th- I think um I th- it's a good point actually so from um I suppose that everyone's, everybody's experience um, uh, on this podcast. The, the We've all been used to, certainly in, early on in our career, certainly early on in my career, of training twice a day and each session was an absolute fragging. <laughs> um, so you, you go on a six, seven, or 10 mile run in the morning, um, so, certainly behind the wire in Scotland. And then you some troops would be go, doing a, se- a session around lunchtime um, because of the, the troop's strike, you told them to. And then evening, uh, you're encouraged to do uh, some get big weights because you're skinny from training, and it's it's just you just get put into that cycle where you just have to absolutely frag yourself, and um, then you start feeling gutted that you haven't been able to get two sessions in a day. But when you tell the average man walking on the street, Oh, yeah, I've only managed to get what, two sessions in a day instead of three or one session, <laughs> it, you, th- you think it's absolute lunacy. So, um, I think from personal experience, Stoic breaks that mold, and it's almost like saying, it's okay to do one session a day it's not (laughs) the world is not gonna end (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and
2: uh of course like if you're looking at you know if you're looking at professional athletes and i've trained um kind of a a whole caliber of different like ranges of athletes over the years and
1: alex just one on there Do do you do one do you do a program where you do like maybe one session a week (laughs) just to kind of bring it down a a little more you know ease into there so we're not going full on
2: yeah multiple times one session a day
1: what the hell is that's like that's a fizz in 24 hours one every 24 hours is amazing All go on mate sorry bro just just in shock yeah
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually something that we've been looking at is um, uh, we've got a minimalist program on there due to kind of the current nature. We were always going to mm-hmm. develop it just for guys who might find themselves in positions where they've only got access to a kettlebell and it just so happened that COVID kicked the shit out of gyms this year and uh, and everyone needed to a minimalist program. So we mm-hmm. we pushed that through pretty early this year. Um, but yeah, actually, uh, we're, I was potentially looking at maybe designing like a longevity program as well for people who are coming out the back of um the military so kind of like getting into that uh age group where yeah hitting sessions multiple times a day and it's just it's a different kind of training program it's a different uh training pattern that they need to adopt when you're you know when you've got knees that have seen better days or you know you might not have the capacity to do certain movements, things like that. It's um, it's actually a worthwhile program to to put together in terms of like it's, it would almost be like the fundamentals program, but just built out a little bit more specific to that demographic. So, I suppose um, in answer to your question, yeah, we 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 are getting well,
1: there. <laughs> well, I mean, for the the place that I just left, they realised that a lot of us were um, we we joined the regiment quite late and um, we joined the regiment quite late and we had a probably a small window where we were quite active within the squadron. And then quickly you then take a job where you'd be like, not necessarily a desk job, but you would spend a fair amount of time behind a desk. I mean, they start changing things like stand-up desks and a few other bits and pieces to uh, combat that. But then the problem with us was you were pretty much always operational. So mm. you go from in your you know, your 30s, your 40s, standing around majority of the day, trying to get your one phys session in a day if you can do. And then the rest of the time you're in the office and then maybe next week you're getting thrown out the door to go on an op. Mm. Um, so they realize this. So what they're trying to do is how do we uh, extend the employment of that individual that we've just invested millions into? So they started coming up with the human performance, the strength and conditioning classes. um, And actually, they realized they can get a lot more out of you for a lot longer. Mm. And also, more importantly, um, restrict those amount of injuries that we're likely uh, to get within my age bracket. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I suppose that's exactly where you guys are going for, but for for the masses, really.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And trying to get ahead of it as well, because if we can lay the foundations of like really good movement patterns, really good joint integrity, strength, um, layers and layers of strength, and, and the ability to move aerobically at very high speeds, you know, and not really tap into other energy systems until you need it. That's, that's kind of the, the foundations that we're trying to lay before people get to kind of into the role where you were, um, because if we can set them up before they're even there, then it's just a case of maintaining it and maintaining that is actually pretty easy. Um, you know, you're looking at a couple of sessions a, uh, a month to really maintain things. Um, mm. but as long as they are specifically geared towards that, I mean, you can get away with maintaining your absolute strength, your top end strength with maybe one session a week, two sessions every 10 days, that kind of thing. Um, with aerobic values, they drop pretty slowly as well. You're looking at like a, you know, if you were to do absolutely nothing, um, 30 I'm days. listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is getting
2: into the meat and veg. See, so
1: you're, so you're saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can do one session a month. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, it's that, it, that kind of maintenance of VO2 max that drops, um, relatively slowly you'll lose like the top bracket of it but generally like the the working area that a lot of the the demographic that we work in and and uh, help service like they're they're looking at that middling range of vo2 maxes in the like maybe 30s 40s um and if you think like vo2 max even with um uh, probably cyclists and Nordic skiers essentially will have the, the highest VO2 maxes and they're in the like the nineties, potentially the hundreds have been reported, but I think that's probably
1: in like. I, um, I just got one, one for you as well. Just, you know, you, some of the programs you're doing, you're, you're talking about getting some young lads and lasses into the chosen careers. I know f- for me, my body type, I, I was aerobic fit I, I played a lot of rugby, I was a back. Um, so aerobic fit, I was great. But actually, when it came to my endurance, I really struggled. Mm. And it wasn't until like phase two of depot that I was actually realized I knew I had a tab. Yeah, And then I was quite strong on P Company. Up until that point, I was really struggling. And I, I was a grizzer. I've always been a grizzer anyway. And uh, I really struggled and then got to P Company and, and it suddenly... It's like I peaked. Um, I, I was absolutely on point. And then um, through my life, I tried know, I mean, I'd failed selection a couple of times and I really struggled with the endurance. And my body just wasn't out for endurance. However, I was playing rugby five, day, five days a week. I was fit, but my body just for endurance was really struggling. I went on uh, the Pathfinder course uh, in my late 20s. And it was then that my body had actually got to a point where it could really cope with endurance and it seemed to be more of an endurance machine than it was uh, like a, an aerobic machine, if you like, mm-hmm. and I think that then gave me the confidence to go back on selection, which is where I really need the endurance. I suffered on the beach runs because I was going up against racing snakes, but great in the trees for the uh, for the concept drills. Uh, is that something else that you, you... I don't know if you've noticed, uh, and also just for people not to necessarily flap at a young age that's saying, Oh, what do I have to do? Uh, you know, I'm 17 years old and what, you know, your your body's got to develop, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what you said right there is actually like, um, it's,
2: it's quite a common pathway. i like, I'm my, myself, I used to play rugby quite a lot as well. And definitely noticed that when I switched to looking at doing more endurance based stuff, I was like, Oh, you know, it should be no problem at all. But then, you know, just quickly had that thrown in my face Um, and it is very much like, you know, you look at a sport like rugby and you would say like, you know, they're running for 80 minutes. Some training sessions would be two hours. You'd be doing sprint drills and stuff like that. I can, I'm fit. I'm fit. And it's like, yeah, you are fit in a certain time domain with a certain energy system. Um, and when you're looking at things like tabbing, um, and like a lot of the selection courses will have uh, a shit ton of really high endurance based work. And you go into that thinking I'm fit, and then you get crushed by it, <laughs> and it's like not only physiologically crushing, but also psychologically crushing. Because then you're like, oh, questioning whether you are actually fit at all. And the, the like, the answer is yes, you are fit, but not specifically for that task. And then you go back and do some, and really like the the low end or zone two aerobic stuff um, that has started to see quite a lot of. Um, like a a lot of people are talking about it in the last kind of five, 10 years, which is great because it started to shift the mentality of like, you know, you don't need to thrash yourself and you don't need to be absolutely spanked at the end of a session to, to reap the rewards and to have really good benefits. And certainly with zone two stuff, you almost want to be finishing saying to yourself, I could go again, like straight away. And that's uh, a lot of the intention work. So with a couple of the, um or quite a few of the workouts within the programs especially the conditioning program I write a lot of intentions within the session so it's not just kind of like here's your session go do it and figure it out yourself it's like here's your session this is what you're trying to achieve from it this is how you should feel throughout it this is how you don't want to feel at the end of it so it kind of gives people a little bit more coaching really rather Mm. than just like follow this plan and get results it's like we're going to coach you through it and that's the key aspect in a lot of programs that Kind of just gets like fallen at the wayside. They're really good programs, but how they're interpreted is almost incorrect from how the coach wrote them. So, yeah, yeah you you'll get
4: that, you'll hey. get that, go, go there. Uh, go there. Do you feel that's the mentality of the person actually doing the fitness? So, yeah, like Nick alluded to before, getting two, three sessions a day. I yeah. know that when we were on shift, we'd be flapping if we didn't get the third session in. Yeah. Um, but that's like early 20s, full of spunk. Keen to just absolutely flash yourself and never you get a chance. And like you were saying with the age thing as well, as you're getting older, looking at mm. more endurance events. So, myself training for a longer distance Ironman. Mm-hmm. From if I was doing this 20, uh, 10 years ago, I'd be like, right, I've got an hour. I need to run as fast as I can for an hour. And yeah. now I know with a bit of life experience that I'd actually do better doing a zone two run with the odd peaks of zone five and then finishing yeah. on zone one. So is that a mentality thing or is that a sort of military mentality?
2: A bit of both, really. I think um, you know, the way society sets up training with the advent of like HIT training and you know, people like bastardizing certain things like tabata training and just being like, let's just do tabata everything for half an hour and it's like <laughs> fuck, fuck that. Um but it is that kind of like, you know, society has, has pushed that as like, oh, you've only got half an hour, you've got to thrash yourself. Oh, you've got an hour, you can thrash yourself a little bit slower. And it's, you know, and military then just like takes that and times it, you know, times it by the nth degree because everyone's like, as you say, flapping about whether or not I'm gonna be adapting and you know, if I, if I do more then more is better, right? So if some is good, better is better and more is better. And I'm just going to do more. And, and then like three days later, they're like, shit, I can't walk, but I'm still going to do more. I'm still going to go out for a run. I'm still going to thrash myself. And then you've got to look at, well, the amount of damage and the amount of, um, like micro traumas in your body, by the time you get to that third day or fourth day, you're at, your, your performance is actually shit. So when you're in training, and you are thrashing yourself and psychologically, you're still there psychologically, you're still giving it absolutely everything, but your body just cannot keep up with it, your body cannot like give you the output that you're trying to achieve within that session on day four. So what would have been better is actually day one, two and three, set yourself up for success in day four, and subsequently all your other sessions by just being a little bit kinder to yourself. <laughs> I know it's not really a, a thing that's done in, well, in this day and age, Is like just be kind to yourself in training, like set yourself up for, you know, the training that you're going to be doing in, you know, a week, 10 days, two years, that kind of stuff. You know, you don't have to get all of your training done in one session.
0: Yeah. When it is I think some of the themes that I come across here are the main selling points of the Stoic uh, programs is, you, know, you have this this experience and this knowledge. You know anyone who's listening to you talk here, it's, it's it's completely obvious that you know what you're talking about, and you know, there's a depth of knowledge there. But also, there is there's no fucking ego there. There is no ego. This is like let's this is where we want to go. What is the most sensible way that we get there? Mm-hmm. You know, you know exactly like Luke was saying there. You know, you'll get this. period. If you finish one of the training programs. Uh, a, tra- a training session and feel fine at the end of it you might have done exactly what that training session was meant to do mm-hmm. but yeah the, if you have the wrong mentality or if you have the mentality sold to you by a lot of these training programmes that we see mm-hmm. it's like well you didn't work hard enough did you stick well you better get back out there you <laughs> know what I mean it's just it's not the way Yeah. Um, I mean they, they, we see a lot of that when you're serving so you may you'll go on leave and this is everyone, everyone relate to this you go and leave and you have your leave and then first day back from leave, what do you do? Something fucking disgusting. Led by the fucking racing stake of the unit who doesn't have a fucking life anyway and is, you know, naturally at his peak and you probably, or there'll be a flap because there's like a training package or an up coming up. So shit, we need to get the blokes from being fat on leave to peak performance in about a week and a half. So... You know, that's what you're dealing with when you are, you're still serving. And it's this times have changed. Exactly what you were saying about the lag. Like, times have changed. And a lot of the blokes actually know this. The mm-hmm. blokes are trying to follow programs like you've got set up, but being hampered by the fact that their chain of command uh still think it's 1980. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, yeah, you, look yeah. at the, if you
4: look at how the gyms are now, I mean, even from... I know I only joined like 10 years ago. I know you and Ben like joined like fucking what 50 years ago or something like that, but the state oh of the, the state of the gyms now compared to oh. what they were. They've gone to like some big sort of like commercial machines, dumbbells. And you're walking now there and there's like hardly any machines. It's yeah. all very like functional fitness. So it does seem like the military have finally started going, actually, we need to start looking after the blokes.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it's and, coming. And, yeah, but I, I think you touched on it there, guys. You, a lot of the guys be doing this, um, do, following these like workouts or they, these programs that they found online. But they are designed around a civilian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They are designed very much like um, you, you work essentially work in an office and you, mm-hmm. you do the nine to five sort of thing. But um, something I found with the Stoic program, you're almost encouraged to, like pause a program if you've got say if you i don't know got like a nine mile on that day and then you can mm-hmm. pick up the day after mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah absolutely
2: like that was something with uh especially with those the, the strength and con- conditioning cycles um that was something that we sat down and spoke about quite a lot in terms of like well you know if someone's at depot or someone's in basic or someone's just you know doing their job like they're gonna have days where they wake up and they're like oh you know you're gonna have an impromptu 10 miler today and it's like mm-hmm. oh, good you know <laughs> good job i didn't have back squats this morning but okay and it's like that's um, a feature that we've built into the into the platform the current platform and then uh going forward the app as well um is the ability to just like one click pause things um and that's just awesome. resume it when you can um no expectations on that in terms of like you know we're we're not when guys reach out to to us to me on uh, in DMs and and like emails and stuff like that and are looking for advice on that, my advice is always the same. It's like do what you have to do for your job, and pick up your training when you can because mm-hmm. the training is still going to be there. There's no there's no like love loss when it's like or no loss in adaptations when you've skipped a day or missed a day because you've had to go and do something else. Everything is about the accumulation of stresses or the you know, consolidation of stresses. So if you're going for a run, that's a, a shit ton of knee bending. If you were meant to do squats that day as well, probably a good idea to leave it for either the next day or the day after even, allow your body to recover.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think um, something else that everyone sort of relate to as well is the, the classic phrase after, after doing like a nine mile or doing a long run or even doing a session is, um, lads, yeah, everyone happy? Uh, yeah, just go and stretch off in the shower.
0: <laughs>
3: um, and that will be literally the duty, um, the hamstring stretch, or, or not at all. I'm, I think
0: stretching in the shower might actually just be a bootleg thing. I think that's part of your core values. Yeah, and they go,
3: which shower?
1: <laughs> yeah. We've only, we've only got one shower. Can we all fit in that one? You, you do three fizz, sessions a, three fizz sessions a day and then 20 showers. It just doesn't work out, lads. <laughs> Um, but, but I
3: think the point there is that we've uh, everyone's, everyone's definitely got creaky knees and creaky and yeah. tight. Everyone's tight everywhere because of uh, certainly the early years in in our in our job. We we never actually had the opportunity or never actually stretched properly. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Alex. But you've probably worked with a lot of broken people now. Or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and for the last kind of
2: six or seven years what am i at now yeah like seven years of my career i've actually been focusing a lot on um therapy and being a therapist um and using strength and conditioning within therapy as well so the that kind of aspect of things is uh another big part of how we program for stoic but then also how we look at things going forward like things going after training sessions and stuff like that so certainly like You know, doing a a couple of hamstring stretches in the shower after you've done three fizz sessions is, you know, (laughs) not really going to work. It's like shooting a train with a spud gun. But what a lot of people um, don't really realize when it comes to mobility is that, you know, you're not looking to essentially, I suppose, with after training stretching, you're actually just looking to kind of reinforce an end range movement pattern. So, within the training, we're always emphasizing do things to the fullest of your range that you're able to. With mobility work, what you don't want to be doing is really kind of opening up that range of motion massively before your training session. Because the way the brain interprets it is your range of motion is you know, what what we have day to day, plus, say 10, 15 degrees at your joints. Now, when you warm up, that will increase a little bit. But because you're only we only really live in kind of a world where our shoulders do this, for example, because, you know, we're never really like swinging from trees anymore. So we don't have that brachiation in our shoulder and overhead mobility constantly. And what your mobility really comes back to is what positions and what movements are you doing day in, day out that your brain recognizes. If you don't move your arm overhead a lot of times throughout your week, your brain will be like, hey, because it's a a really awesome energy-saving machine, your brain, and it will see that you're not moving your arm over your head or bending your knee to its fullest extent, and it will be like, hey, you don't want to use that range of motion? No problem. I will not let you use it. And then after a while, it will start to bring your range of motion and decrease your mobility if you don't use it. So mobility is a big case of if you don't use it, you lose it. Like that's that's the easiest way to sum up mobility. So certainly after, after training, that's a prime time because your body's super warm. It's gone through a range of motion. Like it's gone through tons of ranges of motion in your training, depending on what you've been doing. So that's the key time to be like, okay, what ranges did I not use? was I doing a lot of running where, you know, your hips, your knees, your lower body are being used quite a lot. But if you look at running mechanics, the hip joint doesn't really ever go through a full range of motion, certainly not like in abduction. So coming out to the side and coming across your midline, things like that. And your knee joint doesn't really go through a full range of motion. It may fully extend, so fully straighten, but it certainly never fully bends. And if it does, it's for maybe split seconds here and there. And your ankle is almost in a fixed position throughout all of your running as well. There's a little bit of toe off and a little bit of dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, but certainly not a lot. So when you're in the shower or after the shower, preferably, <laughs> you, that's the, those are the things that you wanna be working on. Those are the end ranges that you wanna be sitting in. Um, and I always advise people, it's like when you're relaxing in the evening, that's the time where you should be trying to get off the sofa and right, get on the floor and just move your ankles around, move your knees around, get your knees into the fullest range of motion that you can. And, uh, a, a thing that really helped me, um, in terms of my mobility and, and pushing, it was starting to like actually just sit on the floor and rather like come away from sitting on chairs and sofas in the evening and just like put some comfortable, um, I started just by throwing towels on the floor and just sitting on towels, but actually just getting into what's called archetypal sitting positions. So like a kneeling position a long sit position where your legs are straight and you're just kind of lent over and just like doing your normal stuff, watching Netflix, watching whatever you want, like chilling out in the evening, but doing it in these positions so that your body then has that stimulus, has that kind of like end range stimulus and your brain's like, okay, so you do want to move your knees in that range of motion. I'll allow you to do that and kind of keeps
1: that range of motion, keeps those mechanoreceptors at their end range. So, um, just, um, to counter that so when me and gaz were in the paris uh obviously we didn't shower um so that's one thing <laughs> and then our stretch off really was the slow walk to the naffy yeah uh to get a roller dog and a pint of milk and maybe <laughs> 20 b and h yeah and i think that was basically our stretch off for the first 50 <laughs> percent of our careers was was that and then and now i'm wondering why i'm in shit state yeah. Um, but I, one of the things I did learn uh, was my ITB and I realised that that was massively important to get a good stretch off on my ITB and my hamstrings certainly on tabs. Um, I, I don't know what other people's thoughts are but I end up using uh, compression pants off the back of uh, things like the tabs I did on PF and, and mm-hmm. selection uh, just to kind of get rid of that lactic acid. But the ITB by stretching that I never woke up stiff and that was the best move I ever did was get back into stretching because as I said for 50% of my career you know yeah my stretch was the slow walk to the naffy.
2: Yeah and really like that that comes back to setting yourself up for success in later life and and just having an eye on your future career um, when you're younger when you're in your 20s and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be putting in a half an hour or an hour session. You don't need to be hitting RomWOD ten times a week. That kind of thing. Um, it's good. Like RomWOD's great. You know, mobility's great. Yoga's great. Stretching's great. But it's not necessary. You don't necessarily have to hit that to maintain or even improve your mobility. What you need to be doing is asking your body to actually move into these positions on a daily basis, and that could be as simple as you know, just a, a couple of minutes stretching here and there. So actually, like with the the new app that we're bringing out, we've got a whole mobility section built into it, which will layer off the back of training and just give you one or two things to do every day that will just really help maintain your body's mobility in the long term. And we're not looking to make you into an, you know, an Olympic gymnast overnight or within one week of the session. RI is you know, potentially, you're going to be running it for a month, two months, three months going on. That's where we want to start layering in those good habits where, you know, every day you're doing one or two things to really improve your mobility, but within your training as well, which is, you know, everyone's going to train, everyone has a mentality to train. But if you were like, are oh, you going to do your training session, and then you're going to stretch for 30 minutes afterwards, more often than not, I'd say 99% of the cases, and certainly in my career as a therapist, it's people just toss that out the window. They're like, I'm not going to stretch. I'm going to go and get a protein shake or a flapjack Mm -hmm. or something like that. And then I'm going to walk and I'm going to go sit in my car and then I'm going to wonder why I wake up in the morning pretty stiff. And you're going to wake up in the morning stiff anyway, because training will create that stimulus for you. But with the mobility section in the, you know, how I look at layering and mobility is like, what's the one thing that I can do Today, what's one thing that I can do that's going to benefit me tomorrow? That's going to benefit me next week. And then you just make that a habit. Make one
3: thing, doing one thing, a habit. That, that's interesting. I think um there, we know um we know we know a lot about your business partner's uh, background, his military background. Um, but pe- people are always keen to to know like, what gives you the right to tell us what to do. So. Uh, I suppose it'd be quite interesting to know a bit more about um, about, about yourself, Alex, about, about your personal like, experiences. And...
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose how I got into strength, I've always been like a super active person, like everyone on here, right? Um, you know, have always done every sport under the sun that I could possibly do. <laughs> ben and Gaz laughing there. <laughs> um, you know, I've always enjoyed... Uh, competing, I've always enjoyed doing sports for the sake of doing sports. Um, And when I was younger, my goal was to join the Royal Marines after university. So went off to university, um, had a really good rugby career as well. Um, That was also that was kind of like my backup plan with things. (laughs) Um, And was studying sports and exercise science and kinesiology at university, and I broke my spine. Um, I had a pretty bad rugby accident, which left me in a pretty shit state for a long time. And it kind of made me reconsider things because my original career pathways and what I wanted to do with my life, the doors were just slammed. Um, You know, the careers officer I was working with was just like, ah, back injury, eh? Okay, Um, that's gonna be a no from us. And I just, at that time, I kind of just took it as face value. I was like, all right, I guess I'm just gonna go and fuck myself, right? And then rugby obviously was just like a bit of a no-go, especially when doctors are like, you're probably not going to walk properly again Um, and certainly kiss goodbye to any kind of lifting career or anything like that. So after a little bit of like self-pitying and uh, that kind of like woe is me mentality, I was like, you know what, fuck this shit. I know quite a lot about the human body and I'm going to teach myself even more. Um, And I rehabbed myself using strength and conditioning more than anything um, because I went to see couple of therapists and again it was that mentality of like writing someone off before you've even discovered who they are and as a therapist and you know certainly as a like as medical professionals as well it's more important to know the person that the illness like who has an illness or an injury rather than the injury that a person has um because mentality is uh, a huge point of injury recovery um so yeah, uh, long story short, I rehabbed my spine and made myself a bit stronger. And then I was like, well, I want to get back into competing again. What's the sport or competition that's going to require the most amount of lower back trauma or strength. Uh, so I competed as a strong man for about four years, um, cause there's absolutely no way you can lift an Atlas stone without, <laughs> without using your lower back, um, and then just kind of like got really big and strong, uh, enjoyed that. And then I was like, actually, I'm going to turn my sights on something else. So then really started working on endurance and uh, went into a body comp stage for a while because I was working in a gym in London that really focused on it's probably the world's best body composition gym in the world. Um, so I worked with them for two years and then kind of got a bit, uh, didn't lose interest in strength and conditioning, but realized that everyone that was coming to me over the years and all the athletes that I'd seen um, and helped and stuff like that, everyone was coming with injury, not just physical injury, but also mental injuries, um, traumas, things like that, that plays into the body. So then that really kind of pushed me down the route of, okay, well, I'm going to look at all the different therapies that I can and all the like fringe therapies as well and see what works and put it through my lens of, you know, not just... If it works it works kind of anecdotal or you know um, placebo effect treatments it's like what actually works what is scientifically proven uh what's also working but hasn't quite been scientifically proven yet because there's always a bit of lag there Um, and really combining that with strength and conditioning because pretty much every therapy method and i might catch some flack for this pretty much but uh, yeah it's science Pretty much every therapy method is a passive intervention. What you have to remember with the body is it's a very active thing. So if you are passively getting an intervention, a treatment therapy that is passive, as in something or someone is doing something to you, and there is no active component after the fact. So if you go and see a massage therapist and they rub you down and they're like, you're good to go and you've gone to them for a specific injury that intervention is going to make you feel better but it's not necessarily going to fix the problem and it's the same with everything physio chiro osteo acupuncture fucking everything all of these are passive interventions um and this is speaking from like i am a therapist as well so i do these passive interventions but what i do is i follow up with a lot of strength and conditioning and i don't uh kind of dance around the fact that people have to do their own work outside of therapy that's almost like when someone comes to see me I'm like well I'm going to make you feel better I'm going to rub your boo-boo but I'm also going to give you the tools to then go away and fix yourself because I'm not here to fix you I'm here to facilitate how your body works make it work a little bit better so that then you can go off and fix yourself and the way you do that is through movement you've got to move
0: that's pretty interesting like because I'm really glad, I didn't know any of that, but I'm really glad you said all of that because that's exactly where people will go. Because people always assume that the people who are giving this advice out have a perfect scenario. They're like, well, I can't do that. That This guy is this. Yeah, well, actually, this guy has been down at zero and has been told you can't do this and has brought himself back. So, again, experience knows what they're talking about. And um, It's an interesting point with the doctors there. Like... Obviously, you have to listen to doctors, but doctors have to give a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. They don't, exactly like you say, they don't know the individual. I had a similar thing when I, so I, I, re, I in the army, five years, get out. During that six years and I was out, I snapped my tip and fib, kicking a friend of mine. Uh, have you seen that video of the tie boxer who kicks and puts it back down? Um, it bends. That, yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, and a couple of years later, I would then decide I was going back into the, the army. And I was basically told after this that I wouldn't run again. The doctor was like, look, it's not going to be strong. You will not be able to run again. Mm. But I know myself. I, I know that I reckon I can probably run. And then you know, a couple of years down the line, I'm at SFSG. So it's exactly the same situation. Like You can't use things as an excuse. You have to try yourself and find the best way. And if the best way is listening to someone who's done exactly what you want to do mm-hmm. that's probably a good idea i mean i feel sorry for doctors because that. doctors do even though you know better yeah. probably do have to give this you know i've, I've got to assume there's a uh, not a turd but a, a, a standard human being in front of me not you know someone with a bit more mental strength or whatever mm.
2: yeah absolutely and it's a it's a uh... Even therapists to some degree, certainly like uh, physiotherapists on the NHS, they're in a similar boat as as mm. doctors where it's like you may see 50, 60 people a day, which is like kind of unfathomable sometimes. Mm. Um, and you have to decide what that person needs and either refer to them, refer them out to somebody else or give them advice there and then and it's just like that's that's crazy because everyone's an individual and everyone requires that kind of individual approach but then how do we marry that up with modern healthcare modern healthcare Mm -hmm. is an amazing thing absolutely amazing there is nothing else like it and for what it does it's phenomenal but uh, another path of mine that when I was younger and I had that injury, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get into medicine because I enjoy helping people. And mm-hmm. I went and studied um, and did like a short course in medicine at a university and realized that really medicine is a very reactive thing. It's not very proactive. You're not getting ahead of things and helping people out. And that's kind of what really then propelled me down the, the health route, I suppose strength and conditioning, therapy. Uh, nutrition supplements, mind everything like that is because you want to try and help people before they need to go to a doctor. So, but yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's the same thing in kind of uh, the therapy world where it's like you, you you do need to kind of sit back and be like, this isn't a if a then b scenario with everyone who walks through the door. You know, you mm-hmm. need to really dig into the the past of somebody and really dig into their psychology and their mentality and also ask them what they want to achieve. Like, why are you here? Yes, mm. you have a, you you have a bad knee, but why do you want your knee to be better? What are you going for? You know, that's, yeah. those are the kind of questions that I think a fair, a fair few therapists miss out on.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, have you got, so we're approaching an hour. I've like, said so no real time on this, but have you got anything new? We've got some questions uh, from my, my community of nutters. Um, have you got anything you want to hit before we go into that?
2: Uh, no, it was kind of like, you know, really getting uh, getting on, getting on and, and chatting with you guys. And yeah, just getting to a point where, uh, yeah, we can uh, answer a, a shit ton of questions. Like a it's one, one thing
0: you do really well on your, obviously you need to follow Stoke Edition on their Instagram because one thing they do is they run question answer sessions. And I have to be fair, I, I, I don't know how you do that because you get the questions that you the answers that you give to the questions are they use every single uh, available character, you, know, <laughs> you get these essays back and that you take the time to do that on these individual questions, I think is excellent. Yeah. So even if you're not following one of your programs, obviously I would encourage that. but if you follow their um, Instagram, their social media, you will get so much benefit just from that. And to be frank, you're going to end up following one of the programmes if you do that. I, like, I don't follow one of your programmes, but I've been listening to this I've fucking sold. <laughs> 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 I've been sold. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I went deep into When you were talking, I was in a trance listening to you.
3: <laughs> G- Gasm, um, just just, uh, just something I'm keen to find out from, from personal experience about the current situation we find ourselves in with this whole lockdown shite. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners out there are listening to this podcast and like, okay, yeah, I want to get involved in that strength programme, but I'm in tier three, I'm in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, from personal experience, I've severely lacked motivation to try and do any sort of training, um, to do anything during this lockdown. And it's been quite frustrating, I suppose, in the last two weeks i really got back into it um yeah I, have you got any sort of tips for the, i mean or ways to get us get our uh, get us back into fitness or back into training during this lockdown or any sort of advice from a stoics perspective i think from from a like from a coach's perspective
2: like this is me alex the coach kind of thing find what you love like find something that you actually just really enjoy doing Don't have any expectations of yourself. And this is speaking purely from like the the current climate and COVID and, you know, the majority of people I speak to their mental kind of space where they're at, find something that you enjoy doing, whether that's, you know, going hiking. I have a friend down on the South coast who loves going hiking. You know, it's just go hiking. Like, don't, don't worry about the fact that you're not able to get into a pure gym and, and barbell back squat. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, go go walking. Enjoy yourself. Do a bit of mobility. Do a bit of stretching. Do a bit of ROM Do a bit of, like, any, any kind of mobility program, anything like that. Um, if you enjoy running, go for a run. If you enjoy kettlebell stuff, swing a kettlebell. We've got um or you know like um I know you guys are big on cycling like get on get a peloton get a, a <laughs> get like a, a bike set up you don't need to get a peloton because they're insanely expensive but yeah a yeah, like, swift yeah, there you go, get a swift um you know and you point. can you can link up just a road bike um to like a river a rear uh, wheel dynamo- dynamometer I think they're called or something like that um, there you go Gaz has got it. Yeah. So really it's like in this current kind of climate, just make sure that you're doing something that you're enjoying, make sure that you're doing something that isn't a chore to do, but is actually something that you look forward to. And then try and make sure that you do it most days, because that's really going to pay back into that mental health bank account really. um, And give you kind of like a little bit more get up and go for your day, rather than just being like, Oh, you know, you, a lot of people will just end up focusing on what they don't have like oh I don't have access to a gym I don't have access to a barbell I don't have access to a treadmill and it's like but look at what you do have access to
1: and find something that you enjoy in that and then focus on that that's the best honestly that's the best advice go do something that you actually like regardless of what it is I mean I'm not a cycle wanker uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be better off from a rally grifter or something, whatever it is. But <laughs> the point is, you know, you, you guy guys going out on their mountain bike, even if it's the case here, heading downtown to go and get a takeaway coffee on your mountain bike, whatever it is. I like that. I like that mm-hmm. idea of just do what it is you enjoy, and then raise it up from there, as mm-hmm. opposed to, oh, I need to get absolutely uber massive. Well, yeah. you can get uber massive. You just. Yeah, I love it. I think also I think that point you get in there is really about it's those first steps getting back into fizz, yeah, and breaking that mold and building that motivation. We all know it's, it's quite difficult, for, certainly for um, well all of us here on this group because we're all building our businesses and that's taken up a lot of our time at the moment. Um, but I think it's definitely that sort of get that motivation to get back out into it, and once you're in it, then it kind of you're in there aren't you really yeah yeah mega good advice there mega. like with any habit
2: um i think james clear's book atomic habits mentions this um but whenever you're trying to build any habit um one of the biggest things that i always hold on to and i always coach people is like try and do it every day and never miss twice you know and that's it like if, if you miss a day that's absolutely fine don't miss tomorrow
0: mm.
2: then then it's now you're now making missing it a habit rather than
3: doing it J- james clear uh, clear must um must be paying people on this podcast to uh to promote <laughs> his book there's that's, that's two mentions now on the separate podcast
2: oh man credit where credit's due i've a uh, uh, a ton of books that i um uh, always inspired by and that i read multiple times J- just send them to luke he really
3: enjoys it when uh, you're trying to make
0: <laughs> when, when you're trying to make
3: him like be, be be more professional or just trying to do something correctly um and without saying it directly to his face, it's because it's just going to ruin the real business relationship. It's just send him books. Um, he, he enjoys like that. An
4: office. Office is turned into a library. I've got to take offense of it now, especially when you get one that's like how to look younger. <laughs>
3: hey, that wasn't me. That's from your misses <laughs>
4: I'll forward it on to you,
2: mate. <laughs> uh, going back to that training and stuff, it's... um it is tough. We do have... Uh, so we've got a zero equipment cycle and a minimalist equipment cycle that are built around the same kind of principles as um, the the needs analysis for a tactical athlete. So someone who has to use their body physically for their role, for their job. Um, but again... and you know, you can get away with the, with the minimalist cycle. I've designed it so that you can have, you can basically get it done with either a kettlebell, a dumbbell or a barbell. If you have one of those, you can do the entire cycle. Um, But again, it's like, it's not necessary, (laughs) like, unless you're preparing for something, in which case probably a good idea to err on the side of getting a bit more prep done. Um, But for just general kind of like uh, mental health and just like longevity and, physical wellness and mental wellness, then, yeah, I always revert back to
3: do what you love. Cool. We, okay. We Yeah, we, just, uh, I think, final note, we, we spoke briefly about this the other day, um, and uh, one of the things you mentioned was, like, any sort of movement, whether it be Zwift, whether it be even going for a walk, whether it be a wad, any sort of movement during uh, during the day, uh, one, one sort of movement during the day uh, during the lockdown um, will just pay dividends it'd be it it just improves morale proves mental health so um yeah you that's something you recommended to me so I've I've definitely taken that on board
2: massively massively going for a walk is like such an underrated thing for for many many reasons psychological and physiological um and just that ambulation really feeds back into our brain as well so all of us guys who you know I've I've certainly fallen into the trap recently with the amount of workload that we've got in preparation for the app release um, and just like refining and refining and refining. Mm -hmm. Some days it gets to like 7 p.m. and I'm like, shit, I'm still sat at my desk. Like, (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I'm meant to be the fucking paragon of all of this. (laughs) In which case you like lace up and go for a walk. But there's, uh, I actually read a study recently, a journal recently that looked at the effect of um, uh, 30 minutes of walking and cognitive brain trainers and looking at like cognitive tests and how people performed mentally on things like that. So they had three groups, one group that, uh, walked for 30 minutes, uh, and then went and did these tests. And then one group that walked for 30 minutes and did this brain training app and then went and did the tests. And then one group that did the, the brain training app, and then went and did the tests long story short, the brain training app was dog shit and going for a walk is always going to be the best thing for your brain uh, in terms of like being productive being healthy um yeah so go for a walk get some movement done do what you love uh, and try not to be too serious about the rest
0: <laughs> that's good advice I'm Not too serious yeah it's a real world you know i mean we've all got problems yeah. Yeah. Cool. okay do you want to do some questions yeah go uh, for it Okay, so it's a look.
2: I'll try and not answer with "it depends."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, let's just go through. Okay, so <laughs> it's a guy called Bam Bam Matt. Uh, he says you've got limited time, ten to fifteen minutes, to get what in. What's your go-to movement or what? Ooh.
4: Mm.
2: <sighs> Again, that's a it it depends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he's um, quite big. He's quite a big guy. And he does uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know that.
2: So oh, maybe, yeah. Um, again, it's kind of like, you got to look at what your priorities are, what your, what your personal passion is. Um, for me, if I were, if I walked into a gym and I was like, shit, I've got to be in and out of here in 30 minutes, what am I going to do? I might set up, uh, uh a barbell squat and a, like a, a barbell press. And I will go from one to the other for 20 minutes doing three to five reps and I'll just move. Like I won't mm. crush myself with the weight selection. Um, I'll just move. Like I'll focus on a squat pattern. I'll focus on a press pattern. And then the next time I come to the gym, I might do a hinge pattern and a pull pattern. Um, really, just kind of like if if you're looking at it from a perspective of like what what movement can I do in the gym? Um, like pick one so of the movement patterns, that we have, which are uh, squatting, hinging, um, pressing, pulling. Uh, depends twisting, on the nature of the, uh, uh, of the course in question. Like I would say in terms of timeline, other, mm-hmm. like how long it to prepare for a course or so like the actual yeah. movements and That's stuff. It. Cool.
0: Um, I, would, I reckon he's probably talking about uh, movements. Yeah. I'd say
2: for, for the majority of courses, and a lot of people don't give the human body enough time to really adapt and evolve to, to certain stimuluses, but for the majority of courses, anywhere between three and six months is good for the heavier nature, longer duration courses. You maybe wanna be preparing or at least thinking about preparing a year out. Um, Mm So that's your kind of timeline fixed. In terms of movements, really focus on your uh, ability to move in an aerobic capacity (laughs) through all different uh, movement patterns, which means not only being able to run in zone two for up upteen hours, but also look at, you know, one thing that we do quite a lot in the conditioning program is I'll put together movement-based, so things that involve like deadlifts, farmers' walks, burpees, pull-ups, but I'll say you have to maintain nasal breathing or a low heart rate throughout all of it. And that's really to emphasize that you know, it's not just running that you want to be really, really efficient at, you want to be efficient at all of these movements. So kind of preparing that and that, that takes a while. That's the kind of the patient man's game when it comes to strength and conditioning. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be doing one of these
0: arduous courses and not taking it serious anyway, otherwise you're going to fucking fail regardless. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the perfect answer to that is actually just do one of your programs because you know, that's going <laughs> to, that's going to tick that box. isn't it? Um, Okay. Well, from uh, I don't even know how this is pronounced. John, 1989, running downhill and uphill with weights. Any tips? Ooh,
2: yeah, go slow. Go slow with um, go slow with the amount of weight that you're using and how you periodize that. Uh, a lot of the hill running that we program, I specifically program quite a long cool off period from it. Because the amount of trauma that you get from running downhill in particular is super high. So then, you know, you won't find in the program that you'll do a lot of downhill running and then the next day you'll squat. you like, mm-hmm. I, I, I won't do that. I'll give you kind of like a day or two at least off of that certain stimulus um, because it does take a long time to recover from that. And a lot of people just think, well, it's just running with weight. But actually, if you look at the forces that are going through your body, they are insane exponential increases of force production and like ground reaction forces coming from downhill running Mm -hmm. so i am uh, a heavy dude if i was to then put on 20 kilograms or you know 30 kilograms and run downhill the forces going through my knees are going to be like close to a thousand kilograms um which you can't train for in the gym you can't Like no one can back squat a thousand kilograms. No one can back squat half that, right? Actually. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But in terms of like training for that, you need to train specifically for it, but also just bear in mind that your body takes a long time to recover from it. So if your course requires you to run up and down hills with a lot of weight, make sure that you are training for that course a year out and like start your, start your, um, Loaded walking and loaded marching, with with that in mind, with the fact that it's going to take a long time to adapt to, but you can adapt to it. It just takes a lot longer than most people think.
0: Yeah, and you're not going to be perfect with that. Is like the, you've got to do that sort of when you're actually on the course. You've got to put yourself in that fucking horrible place that isn't sustainable. However, you don't do that every day to yeah. get to that point, or you'll fucking break
2: and get really good at navigation drills because then that will save you from having to sprint downhill with
0: 50 kilograms in the back. True. Okay, I've got one from Matthews here. Uh, We've sort of covered it, opinion on ROMWOD for daily use.
2: Really good. Um, I think, again, like things like ROMWOD are very passive inputs, Um, even though you're actively moving around. A lot of that yin yoga, because ROMWAD, in their own words, is just yin yoga. It's just packaged mm-hmm. up for the CrossFit crowd. So it makes it look really jazzy and they have mm-hmm. awesome models doing it. So in terms of like just movement and breathing um, and relaxation, it's top-notch. Like it's great. You can't really figure out, you can't really find anything else out there that's that's gonna beat it. There's there's you can go on YouTube and just Google yin yoga practices, and there are a ton mm-hmm. of people that do free yin yoga out there. Um, and just follow along in terms of it improving your mobility. And this is where a lot of people kind of get confused between flexibility and mobility. It will make you more flexible and it will relax you and make you feel better. And it will help with kind of the lubrication of joints and things like that, because you're moving and moving through, uh, positions that cause, uh, like a pumping action into your, into your joints, specifically like mm-hmm. your hip joint but improving that end range mobility requires holding those positions and being a little bit more active. So, you know, I'd still say, yeah, if you, if you enjoy doing it, do it. It's great. It really helps with breathing, which, you know, if you've, if you've run any of the programs, I I talk ad fucking nauseam about breathing um, and <coughs> just how to better regulate it rather than really focus on it. Uh, just how to just be aware of it. But uh, in terms of mobility, there are, there still needs to be an active component, an active end range hold, or you know, an end range lift off, or essential neural, neural grooving, that kind of thing.
0: Cool, okay. Got one from Ian two eight eight two here. Uh, now I know this guy is. I think he's. I think he's a reservist, but he's definitely trying to get back into tapping, and I suspect unfortunately he's probably doing it on roads and stuff, which is not ideal. But mm. um, which, which sort of leads into his question so tips on avoiding shin splints and treatment.
2: Ah, uh, huge huge topic eh? um we are going to be coming out with a massive series on the app um video and article based on common injuries and things like that uh shin splints being top-notch you know uh, foot fractures knee injuries hip injuries uh, lower back injuries in a nutshell shin splints are you've done too much too soon or you've mm-hmm. gone too far too soon or too heavy too soon um so scale back your volume a bit look at running mechanics and footwear look at um potentially if you're a big dude as well this is where it's like the individual it, the 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 answer depends he is a big dude he's so a bigger guy when when bigger guys have to run slower to keep into that zone too what we do is actually have a lot more vertical displacement so that's where you get a lot more ground reaction force because you're essentially doing that because you're a big dude All like mm-hmm. really lighter people racing snakes as you like know, uh, kind of skim the surface like a bunch of mm-hmm. fucking wood elves um, <laughs> rather than us heavier heavy set dwarfs um, you're like Dalton's in the world yeah <laughs> So my business partner is a a, a very good runner, um, whereas I am a very good lifter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we dabble in in each other's realms. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of like really look at your volume when it comes to shin splints. Uh, Your volume is the thing that you could uh, look at and slash by half and then just build up from there because you don't necessarily need to stop, but you do need to stop doing what you're doing to that exacerbates it. Um, and then really work on the tissue quality, the movement of your ankle, the tissue quality of like your lower limb, your shins, your calves. Um, if your tissue is very stuck down, maybe look at doing a lot more mobility work, um, hydration.
0: Uh, Can you explain what that is? Like if you're are you talking about tissue there, cause I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Um, So tissue quality is kind of like if you are, uh, everyone has their own kind of tissue quality and it's based on like nutrition, it's based on like your activity levels, it's based on how well you sleep, that kind of stuff. So to improve your tissue quality, it's basically like you've got to increase how well your body returns blood, how well hydrated you are, how well everything moves. Um, going for massages is actually. So massage is one of the only proven kind of like therapeutic in, incidences or uh, inputs that really really help. Uh, a big deal. There's a lot of like other other therapeutic in, uh, inputs that really help as well. But massage is the one that's been proven the most in terms of recovery from injury and recovery from um, kind of like a lot of physical physical output so Mm -hmm. you know maybe look at getting massages on your lower legs uh, and massage i've got to touch upon this because i'd I'd be (laughs) remiss if i didn't if your massage therapist is beating the shit out of you and leaving you screaming on the table or making you bite the pillow it's too much like therapy should be therapeutic you shouldn't be fucking saying safe words in your massage therapy (laughs) session okay and if you don't have a safe word get one (laughs) <laughs> um, like a, a ton of the research that's coming out now is that you just you cannot you cannot beat the shit out of tissue and expect it to bounce back like um the majority of kind of mentality when it comes to being a, a massage therapist pivots around really
0: cool um, well that's that's all the, uh, the questions i mean anyone else want to jump in with anything else so, or you know anyone still there Everyone,
3: everyone work, it's Black Friday is everyone just working while me and Alex are having a chat I'm, I'm still here I'm still here very much here uh, I yeah, think um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you've nailed some of the sort of the big hitter ones for, for me personally questions wise about um, sort of what to do during lockdown um, so that, that's, that's been some excellent feedback
2: awesome yeah So. It's good, I'm glad that I helped.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I get I get um, since sort of uh, coming out on social media as a personal profile, I get a lot of um, young folks asking me top tips about joining the paras and and joining the regiment. I'm like, it's like 23 years ago. <laughs> um, sure, I can, I can tell you what I did, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously check out Stoic you know give you everything you need to need to know and especially if there's a a pragmatic way of of training then it's going to be a lot better off than me just saying man the fuck up and grizz it (laughs) and if you don't pass the first time do it again yeah
2: there's a certain aspect of like or a certain necessity within our demographic or the demographic that we we serve where your mental toughness does need to be there your mental resiliency and you know, dropping those two terms is a whole other podcast unto itself.
0: What's um, exactly? Yeah,
3: <laughs> and you—you you are your actions, aren't you? So it's
0: <sighs> well, and a lot of this is personal responsibility. I'll just throw that one in there. Um, <laughs> the thing is, it's you've got to be realistic. Like, you do have to go to that place. Yeah. Like my experience on P, as P company staff, um, I saw experience of a few things that we've spoken about there. The the, the uh, shed splits, like the guys who have been on the fucking you know, five airborne or 16 air assault uh, build-up with their all-arms units. I'd just been thrashed by the local lobhead, you know, thrashed, 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 turned up on the course, shin splints, you know what I mean? Mm. Saw that constantly. So, But also my experience of, and I'm sure we've all seen this going through training, there were people there day one, week one who were fit enough to pass the course no, no, questions asked. You know, for whatever reason, they were fit enough to pass the course, but because they they couldn't go to the dark place, because they hadn't had the experience of suffering and having to dip into that mental strength, uh, they they failed the course. You know, the mental aspect of it is also so much. I mean, I'm sure I used to break their there about having to grizz it. You know, it's when I was on test week, I would look at the Joes, and the ones who. Uh, had absolutely scraped the fizz all the way through, tended yeah. to do better yeah. overall yeah. than the race and state type people who find everything easy. So you do have to have that in your head, but you've got to be sensible how you do it.
3: Yeah, so have, you, have you got
1: loose women on in the background?
0: It's Ben. Ben has his, like, horror of women in the
1: background constantly. I thought, I thought we were the new, new loose women. That's how it's <laughs> feeling. The last few podcasts, it's felt like loose women. Uh, less bitching
0: <laughs> cool well um, I suppose we can wrap up then we've done about an hour there are you happy enough Alex? I mean I like I said I am literally going to go off and I'm not just saying this I am literally going to go off this and sign up for the ad because uh, yeah you've sold me which is a good thing I think <laughs>
3: Be- become a fanboy with me guys
0: I will do well you know <laughs> We've all got our bikes as well, apart from Ben. Uh, Ben likes motorbikes. (laughs) For for context, Ben feels left out on the WhatsApp group that we're on. Ben feels a bit left out because we're constantly sending each other pictures of our fucking Zwift.
1: Not not really, mate. No. I see you you guys on the road (laughs) as sport.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. OK, well, Alex, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, Pleasure, man. Pleasure. 100% we'll get you back on. We'll talk about something else because I know what's going to happen. We're going to be inundated, well, I am certainly, with people asking questions about more about stuff. And, yeah, there'll, there'll be things that we've missed in this short period that they want to get you back on for. So sure. I'll be
4: happy to help. Cool, man.
0: Uh, anything else before we go, people?
4: Uh, yeah. Uh, go on, I mate. Page as well every four days. story Um program us conditioners so every four days on our page we post them and any questions about that WOD, uh more likely it's going to be Alex will help you out on anything you need
0: cool but that's a nice little free insight into what the uh, the guys are about mm-hmm. mega okay well I know I haven't really got anything to add uh, I'm just going to get back to dealing with this fucking Black Friday Cyber Monday admin that's admin. what I'm doing yeah fucking admin it's going to be a mega weekend can't wait <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, hey, thanks for your time, Alex, and uh, thanks for your time, lads. I'm going to shoot. See bye you guys. Bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.
0: bye. Bye. Bye